Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Ever fantasized about living internationally and seeing telepractice clients in the U.S.? Well, that's what today's guest, Megan Ramirez, is doing. Megan is a speech-language pathologist and New Jersey native who now lives in Argentina. She started off working for a telepractice company, but the long days and low pay got to her, and she decided to start her own private practice that offers teletherapy only. In this episode, she talks about marketing strategies that she uses to get clients, payer sources that she accepts, services that she offers, and whether or not she's a specialist or a generalist. If you're interested in offering teletherapy services through your own private practice and not a telepractice company, whether you want to live abroad or not, this episode is for you, so stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. I could be wrong, but I think today's episode has the power to be one of our most popular episodes yet. I got to know Megan in the Grow Your Private Practice program, and oh my goodness, has it been fun to watch her grow. One of the beauties about private practice is that it can be what you make it. You literally have the power to create something that works for you. Before the pandemic, private practices were very local. Most were brick-and-mortar-based clinics that served people in that city. Now that teletherapy has risen in popularity, more and more private practitioners are offering telepractice through their private practices. And some, like Megan, are doing exclusively private practice so that they can work from home. In Megan's case, for now anyway, home is in Argentina. One thing that I always say is, if you can't find the job that you want, create one that you love. I want you to use this episode to think broadly about the idea of creating a dream job for yourself. So even if you don't want to live abroad or offer teletherapy, I hope that this episode highlights that you can build a private practice that supports the life that you want to live. After you listen, DM me on Instagram and tell me what your dream private practice looks like. My handle is at independent clinician. All right, this is an amazing episode. 
I hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as I loved recording it for you. Before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Sure. So my name is Megan Ramirez. I am currently in Buenos Aires, the capital of Argentina. And my practice name is Little Fish Speech Therapy. So I am so excited to do this interview because I have gotten to watch you grow as part of being in the Grow Your Private Practice program. But before we talk about how you've grown your practice, can you take our listeners back to the beginning of how you started your practice and how you ended up in Argentina? Because I'm sure that's a story. Sure, it is. Well, I started my career at at an outpatient setting at a children's hospital. I learned a ton there, but the work-life balance was pretty rough. The documentation, expectations, productivity was pretty tough. So after about three years there, I quit and I took a position as a volunteer speech pathologist with a nonprofit in Peru. So I spent a year in Peru and that was a really eye-opening experience to be a speech pathologist in another country because I had done volunteer work abroad before. It's how I learned Spanish. It's how I became fluent. But I'd never been a speech pathologist before in another country. So that was a a really great experience. I did that for a year. And then after my contract ended in Peru, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go back to the U.S. yet. So I decided to travel around South America a little bit. I came to Argentina and I only had a plan of really staying for about, I would say, like three months maximum. And here I am four and a half years later, and I have a private practice and have not left. So from the transition of Peru to Argentina, I was doing some online work with a dictionary. Um, It wasn't, you know, SLP related, but was doing some translations and some entries for them. And then I came across a company, teletherapy company. And at that time, it was before the pandemic. So teletherapy, to me, was relatively new. And, you know, I told them I was in Argentina and they were like, OK, that's great. You know, let's do teletherapy. And so I, I started the position with them, worked for them for about almost three years. And then in that time, I started to kind of develop the idea of developing my own private practice. I love that. And that is a story that I hope more people have in that you start out working for a teletherapy company and then you kind of get point where you're like, you know, I could actually do this myself. Like I could break free from from the teletherapy company, you know, cut out the middleman, see my own clients, more control over, you know, who I see and the income that I could make and just do it through your own private practice. Right. Right. And that's exactly what was going through my mind. I although I liked the job, I loved my clients. There were a couple of things that I didn't love about working for somebody else. I wanted to be my own boss. And I was like, yeah, why not just cut out the middleman and just kind of start seeing some clients on the side? So in May of 2021, a little over a year and a half ago, I started seeing my first clients and very slowly grew um, while I was still working with the other teletherapy Mm -hmm. company. And then just this year in February, I quit that job and now I'm fully working on my private practice. I love that. Well, I love so many things about that. First of all, like kudos to you, right? You're like, no, I can do this myself. Like, and I'm going to do that, right? Like, I love it when people make that decision where they're like, you know what? I know that I can do this and make it work and I'm going to figure it out. 
and I'm going to do it. So that's awesome. The second thing that I think is really great is that you've been able to to do this now as your your kind of only job, right? And so tell me like how that has worked for people who might be listening who's like, wow, this sounds like an awesome idea. How do I do it? Like, how's Megan doing it? It was really overwhelming when I first started thinking about it. I had always want to have, wanted to have my own thing, whether it be private practice or nonprofit. You know, all the ideas were kind of just swirling around in my head, but actually putting it to practice, as I'm sure you know, is it's overwhelming. So I had to kind of just take it step by step and day by day and little by little. And yeah, I just started by filing my LLC. I, you know, got a website together. And then I started setting up Google Ads. I hired somebody to help me with that and then gradually started seeing clients. And even as I started seeing clients, you know, just thinking about, you know, when you're a solo clinician, you get the client on your caseload and you just start seeing them. But when you're owning that private practice, you're in charge of everything from the intake to the marketing to the attendance policy to the, you know, the payment policy, all of that. So at first it was very overwhelming, but yeah, just this step by step, <laughs> little by little, I, I was able to kind of make it work. Things have changed throughout the time that, you know, I started till now. I've changed some of my policies, you know, thanks to Grow. I've really refined a lot of my my policies and procedures, which has helped me grow a lot. So it's it's ever changing, but definitely worth it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So there's a lot of questions that people who are interested in telepractice tend to have. So One of them is how do you find clients, especially because you're not living in the same area where the clients are, right? So how do you find clients? Right. So that has probably been my biggest challenge um, since I'm not local. I think it's been a lot of trial and error, which I'm learning a lot with private practice. Just in general, everything is trial and error. So I started out with Google Ads and that got me my first couple of clients. And then I stopped Google Ads and I hired a company to help me with SEO for my website. And I did a couple of months of that. I worked with them with, you know, blogs and SEO and Google My Business. That helped. And then I went back to Google Ads. And now it's kind of, a you know, kind of both. So I would say that that is the main source of um, the way that I get clients. Also done some networking with local therapists especially in New Jersey, because that's where I'm from. And so, and that's where my, uh, my business is. So I've just reached out to, um, you know, other speech therapists, occupational therapists, private practice therapists. And it's actually been a, a kind of fun to doing that because as a solo therapist, it can get a little bit lonely. So it's nice to collaborate with other therapists who are also doing private practice. And then other than that, now that I am kind of about a year and a half into it, I'm just starting to get those word of mouth referrals. That's awesome. Yeah, it takes a little while, right? And and is a little bit more challenging in some ways with telepractice. The one good thing I'll say is that, you know, for better or worse, pre-COVID, people didn't really understand telepractice, right? People were like, speech therapy on the internet, how does that work, right? But now people do get it. And there's a lot of people who really want it, right? Like it's it's so much more convenient. My my own son had speech therapy for articulation and they offered us in-person or telepractice. And I was like, no, I want telepractice. Like that's, <laughs> right. you know, convenient for our family. 
But the thing that I like you said about the way that you've gotten clients is like Google ads and SEO, like search engine optimization with websites. That's targeting people who are actively searching for services, right? And so if you think about in real life, if you're trying to look for a restaurant or a new, you know, hairstylist or something like that, like you go to Google, right? Like we all do. So your clients are doing that too. So if you have a marketing strategy that includes people who are actively searching for services, that's a great way to start. And it's completely what I recommend for Telethere because the family doesn't know where you're located, nor do they really care where you're located. As long as you can do what they need you to do and you you know, have openings, that's all they care about, right? Right, exactly. And I think along with that too, with using Google to get clients, whether it be through SEO or Google ads, um, I think another thing that's really helped me has been to ask my current clients for reviews for Google. Because when I actually have a lot of people who will contact me and they'll say, we see that you're so well reviewed. This is why we want to see you. And that's been, you know, it's a huge compliment, but it's also a really great way to to get new clients as well, because they know that your current clients are happy with your service. And that means that they likely will be as well. Yes. And that is how you combine two strategies, right? That's how you kind of have like the online marketing strategy mixed with the word of mouth marketing, right? And so that works really, really nicely. And I'm thrilled that it's working out well for you. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Okay, so my next question that I know listeners are like curious about is payment. Do you do private pay? Do you do insurance or any other payer sources? Right now, I am private pay only and I bill through my EMR. I am an independent contractor for a um, an ABA clinic in Washington State. I have about five sessions a week that I see, five to eight sessions a week that I see with them. I kind of consider it to be under the umbrella of my uh, private practice because they pay the same rate as my private rate. I'm completely independent. I do all the scheduling and it's somewhat more consultative in nature. So yeah, that's been a way that I've di- diversified my my income. So I'm doing it through that and through private pay. Yeah, I love that. You said something really important, which is about diversifying your income. This is something that I talk about all the time. And just, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about it, it's always a good idea to have money coming in from different places in case something happens to one of those sources, right? And so I'm a big believer in that. And this is one of the things that we talk a lot about in the GROW program is how to establish additional income sources to both, you know, diversify your income, but also increase your income too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So my other question that I think that people who see telepractice clients or who want to see telepractice clients might have is about like what types of clients you see, you know, do you, are you more of a generalist or do you specialize in any particular areas? It's kind of hard to know. I'm, I'm trying to specialize a little bit more. I would say right now, um, my clients mainly consist of articulation, phonological disorders, motor speech disorders. I also have um, some late talkers and children with autism and some um, gestalt language processors. So articulation and language are the two main areas that I work with. 
And I'm trying to currently, as my practice grows, I'm trying to kind of figure out where I want to specialize in because I do love all of those areas. But I also know, especially as a telepractice, that is private pay. You know, it is slower going to kind of get clients. And so I think specializing will be something that'll help me get more clients, um, especially because I also really like to do the research and, and be the expert in what I'm doing and really be able to help my clients that way. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of in that process now as to figuring out what direction I want to go in. Yeah. Okay. That makes total sense. And that can morph, right? Like in the beginning, a lot of private practitioners start off more as generalists and then they start to specialize over time, right? That's a, a misconception about private practices that you have to have a specialty before you enter it, right? Or you have to be an expert. You have to do whatever. I actually teach people to kind of do the opposite, which is to build your expertise over time as you're building your private practice. It helps people get started quicker. And I think it reduces some of intimidation factor that sometimes people feel when they're getting started. Definitely. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I feel like as I started, I kind of accepted everything, you know, stuttering, seating, whatever it may have been. Now, little by little, I'm just kind of starting to hone in on what I really want to do. And yeah, you know, we'll see over the next couple of months or years how it ends up going, what I end up deciding to get into. Yeah, I love that. OK, I thought of another question that people with telepractice often have, which is about like what states are you licensed in? Are you licensed in like I know you're from New Jersey, so New Jersey, but are there like other states that you're licensed in? Yes. So I'm licensed in Washington State, California, North Carolina, New Jersey, and currently in the process of getting a license for New York. So all over. For my private practice, all but one of my clients is in New Jersey. I have one client that's in North Carolina and currently not seeing anybody in California right now. And I'm licensed in Washington because I work with the ABA Center. Okay. I love that too. I love that diversity. And I think a lot of people think that, you know, there are some states that are tougher to get licensed in, but also some states that are actually pretty quick and like cheap and we to get licensed in. So if you want to do telepractice, like you can kind of load up on some of these states. And that's a really nice way to expand regions that you're able to to see people in. And then the other kind of flip side of that is time zones, too, right? Like I naively don't know what time zone you're in, but it really helps to be able to see people in different time zones, right? Especially if you work with kids, everyone wants those after school hours. Well, if you're in the same time zone as people, it's more challenging to do. You only have so many after school hours, right? But if all of a sudden you're seeing people in a different time zone, it's almost like your after school hours windows doubles because now you have two different after school hour windows to cover, right? Right, right, exactly. And yeah, I mean, I started out in California because that's where the other teletherapy company, you know, led me to. And I kind of just gradually started little by little getting more licenses. And it's been, I would say, fairly an easy process. I thought it was going to be a lot more complicated, but it hasn't been difficult at all. And I completely agree with you because it allows for that that flexibility and scheduling. And it also allows me to take more clients on. If I get a, you know, New York and New Jersey are are so close to each other. And I often do get calls from people from New York. And that's one of the reasons that I'm getting my license there is because I'd love to be able to serve the people in New York as well, especially because I, I get the calls from them and I don't want to exclude them from receiving services. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I love that plan. One of my other questions that I have for you, which is like loosely related to telepractice, but just as about the flexibility. Like, can you tell people also like kind of like, do you have more flexibility in the day? Have you been able to build that in or what does that look like for you? When I was working with the other teletherapy company, there was a little bit of flexibility. I would see maybe a 12 to sometimes even 15 clients a day for half hour sessions and almost no break. It was a lot. It was a lot. Now with my own private practice, it's like a whole nother world. And I love it. I've been able to create my own schedule at, to fit my life and my lifestyle and my needs. And so because, you know, Argentina in general, their lifestyle is like a little bit later to start. They don't get up so early. Things kind of start a little bit more slowly. And so that's how my day kind of starts. You know, I uh, I go to the gym in the morning. I'm, you know, I'm able to enjoy a breakfast that I make at home. And I see anywhere from four clients to maybe maximum seven or eight clients in a day, Monday to Thursday. I love that. And I know that some people listening are like, oh, my gosh, that sounds like a dream, right? To be able to have that flexible schedule, time in the morning, less sessions, right? And then mm-hmm. and Friday's off, right? You have three-day weekends, it sounds like, every weekend. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's it's the best part is that I've been able to create that for myself. You know, I'm so proud of myself when I think about this is such a wonderful lifestyle to have. I love my work and I love the flexibility that it's created. I also, you know, for those people who do teletherapy, they know that it's so nice to be able to put a load of laundry in between clients or be able to start dinner before your last client. So it allows for a tremendous amount of flexibility. I don't have kids, but I would imagine that if I did, it would also be a little bit easier to work from home to, you know, allow to spend more time with them as well. Yeah. And that's a huge reason why people pursue private practice in general, right, is to have more flexibility. Because I think that one of the reasons why many of us choose this field is like air quotes for the flexibility, only to realize once we're in it, <laughs> that it's not quite as flexible as as we need it to be, right? And so when you're able to start a private practice, like you really have the freedom to create your own schedule, right? And one of the things that I think people do all the time is they accidentally recreate a situation that they like don't like. That's, you know, what they had their, you know, previous life. And so when you're methodical about that and when you're really think about, no, I want to go to the gym and I don't want to start my day until a certain time and I don't want to work on Fridays and you build your private practice around your life, that is so freeing for people that they almost don't know how to handle it in the beginning and then they get really used to it and love it. Right. Absolutely. I kind of had a little bit of, I was a little worried in the beginning. I just, I, it was almost kind of like I felt bad. Like, should I be doing this? Is this is this okay? But after I started to get used to it, after I started to see that my clients were progressing, and it was also because I also had the time to do the planning for the sessions, which I didn't really have time to do before. It is freeing. I think that's a great way to put it. I think freeing is the, the perfect way to uh, describe it. Yeah, I love it. Well, are there any other like tips or tricks or things that you could, you know, impart on our listeners as we start to wrap up, especially if they're thinking about like either leaving a telepractice company or just, you know, seeing their own clients through their own private practice that offers teletherapy? I think one of the most important things is to remember 
that it's good to start slowly and see them on the side, one or two clients, especially because at least in my experience, being telepractice, being private pay, it's slow to grow. Looking back, I'm so happy that it was because it's given me the time to really learn how to be a private practice owner, learn how to be a better therapist, refine my skills and figure out what works and what doesn't work. But I think growing slowly has been somewhat of a blessing in disguise because when you're you're trying to grow, sometimes you're like, oh, I just want more clients right now. It's so frustrating. I want to be full and I want to hire somebody. But I think kind of just enjoying, you know, the the present and enjoying what you're what you're creating, taking it step by step and knowing that it will grow. It's just a matter of that trial and error, figuring out what works and what doesn't. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And one of the things that has worked well for you is like having this other contract. Right. So then have like the steady income from that without it being back to the 12 client in a row you know, no bathroom breaks situation that you had before, right? So, so listeners, if you're thinking about starting a private practice, you know, either, either teletherapy or not, you know, what Megan's saying, which is what I teach too, is to kind of do it on the side, right? Until you get that momentum going, but what you're doing it on the side of might vary, right? It could be like a regular school job. It could be a hospital job. It could be a telepractice job for another company. It could be as an independent contractor, like what Megan's doing, right? So you just want to think much more broadly about what that could look like as you're building your practice. And then as your practice grows, you can start to like peel back those per diem hours or like at some point, Megan might decide to let go of that contract in Washington, right? But like, you'll know when it's the right time to do that and when you feel safe enough to do that and everything else. Right. Absolutely. And it, it was a, a leap of faith when I did decide to do that, when I decided to leave the the other teletherapy company. But I felt secure enough in where I was to be able to say, OK, now it's time to focus 100 percent of my energy and my efforts on the private practice. And I'm glad that I did because now, you know, it's been able to also grow because of that. Yeah, I love that. Well, this is like so inspirational. I'm sure that people are listening like, oh, my gosh, I, I want to do this, too. Right. So for anyone who wants to you know, you know, go to your website or social media or anything like that, where could people find out some more information about you and your practice? Sure. So my website is littlefishspeechtherapy.com. And then on Instagram, my handle is littlefish underscore speech therapy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for your time and for sharing your story with our listeners. Thank you. Don't you just love Megan? I love how she created a career and a life that she loves leveraging clinical skills that she already has. She's seeing ideal clients and getting paid through her private practice from another country while starting her day later and also having three-day weekends. What sounds like a dream is something that Megan has actually done and is doing. As I mentioned in the interview, before COVID, people didn't really get telepractice. Now, not only do they get it, but some families really want it. And guess what? They don't care where their provider is. They care that you can help them and that you have openings. And being licensed in a few different states is a great way to have openings at ideal times of the day for different sets of people. And you know how I feel about cutting up the middleman and earning your full salary, even if you have to share a bit of it with Uncle Sam. Megan also shared about her experience in the Grow Your Private Practice program, which is my higher level program for folks who are looking to see more clients, 
expand their income, get systems in place, and hire a team. To learn more about the GROW program, please visit growyourprivatepractice.com. As always, thank you for listening. And please tune in next week for another episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. Till then. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.